How's it going? Susan Ruth here. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hey Human Podcast. This is episode 144, and it just so happens to be Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's Day. Uh, I am very excited. This is an episode with three other people we crammed into the podcast room here in Nashville. And it is a conversation with Ava and Mercury and Alex, and they are all polyamorous, not necessarily together, but in general. (laughs) And uh, I don't know a lot about the polyamory community, and so uh, I was really excited uh, when I reached out to the polyamory group here in Nashville, and Alex responded and arranged for the three of them to come speak with me. So really happy about that. We uh, cover all sorts of things. I learned a lot. Usual stuff, heyhumanpodcast.com, Susan at heyhumanpodcast.com if you want to get a hold of me. Uh, The links page is on that website, of course, on Hey Human Podcast. And uh, lots and lots of information on that links page for every episode, this one included. And uh, they give a lot of references. Uh, Alex mentioned some books. Uh, Ava and Mercury, they all mentioned books that um, are good if you want to delve into learning more about polyamory or uh, just being ethically non-monogamous. And I will have links to those books on the links page uh, as well. So um, what else? Social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I'm on all those places. Uh, I'm on all three of those places under Susan Ruthism, and then Hey Human Podcast is on Facebook and Instagram. What? So cool. Uh, If you shop Amazon, please go to the Amazon portal on the heyhumanpodcast.com website and use that to shop at Amazon as you normally would, and it helps support Hey Human and helps keep it ad-free, which is, I think, great for everybody. Uh, So... Um, yeah, again, happy Valentine's Day. I don't have a Valentine other than myself, but I think that I make a good one. So I will happily take myself to get my hair cut and happily take myself to uh, get something to eat afterwards. Maybe I'll go see a movie. Maybe I'll read a book. Who knows? I'm rereading the book Good Omens before uh, it comes out on Amazon. I saw that it was coming out. Actually, my friend Ellen sent me uh, text saying, oh my gosh, look what's coming. So I'm super excited. Oh, one more thing to watch. And again, this is not a plug. This is just pure love. Uh, Big Mouth, the series, which is, I think, extraordinary. It's a cartoon on Netflix. It's got uh, two seasons up there. They put out a Valentine's Day special, and I think it is wonderful. Uh, the songwriting is genius. I love it. So if you are looking for something to do Valentine's night or any night for that matter, check out the Big Mouth Valentine special. It's uh, it's really cute. It's called uh, My Furry Valentine. Anyway, that's about it other than the show itself. Let's get going. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. Ooh, if you get a second, please go on iTunes and rate and review the show. Um, that's super helpful and I appreciate it. Okay, thanks for listening. Here we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Hey Human. Hello. I'm Hi. Hello. Got a lot of people here today. <laughs> Ava, Mercury, yeah. Alex, welcome. Yes. Thank you. You are all a part of my uh, Valentine's Day special. Aww. Yay! Exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Only because it happens to come out on Thursdays, and Valentine's Day is Thursday this year. Great timing. Yes, so we're all being special. 
So, you all are all part of the polyamory community. Mm -hmm. And I think that many people don't know a lot about polyamory, what it means, what it represents. There's certainly a lot of thought of what it is, but generally those, <laughs> unless you're in polyamory relationships, I think, or polyamorous relationships, I don't think people really understand. So, who wants to be the first to uh, step in and, and kind of give, give an overall description? Hmm of what it is. Oh, I could step in from an academic standpoint, okay. I okay. suppose. So polyamory is one of the flavors of ethical non-monogamy. Ethical meaning not cheating non-monogamous relationships. And it's kind of a spectrum. Uh, on, the, on the purity spectrum, on one end, there's polyamory, which comes from, oddly enough, Greek and Latin roots, which is all mixed up, uh, to mean many loves polyamory. On the other end is like swinging. And uh, swinging is about many sexual relationships. So in the in the pure spectrum, polyamorous are all about many loves, not necessarily sexual. And swinging on the other end is all about many sexual relationships, not necessarily loving. Huh. And in the middle comes where most of us reside in various flavors of open relationships that are typically rules-based. Meaning that there's a hierarchy relationship and then secondary relationships and things for like that? For some people, or? but okay. not for all people. It's just different. Oh, it's all different. Yeah. Just like people are yeah, all different. it's true. Does that, does that sum up how you feel it is? I mean, that's... that's I think that's a, a great summary. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think what, what Alex mentioned before is that uh, some people don't believe in hierarchies, like primaries mm -hmm. or secondaries. Some people just say, like, if I love you, I love you. There's no, like, first or second. Like, you're not worth more or less than anyone else. Mm -hmm. Some people do it that way as well. Yeah. But how do you, what's your jam? I fall somewhere in the middle. Nothing's really defined for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think it makes sense not to have a hierarchy because no one should feel more or less valuable than another person. But also, like, if you look at the progression of a relationship you're not going to say on day one hey i love you let's move in together right like there is a, a progression there that happens and mm -hmm. not everyone starts at level 10 so it well i don't necessarily believe in a hierarchy there's definitely still a, a you know we're a month into this let's take it easy rather than you know i'm going to treat you exactly the same as my partner of 10 years sure mm -hmm. and level 10 might be different from person to person mm -hmm. like there's the concept of equity can be helpful here versus equality like how do you mean Equality is everybody gets the same. This is, shoot, this is from a great theorist who I can't name right now because it's not coming to me. Um, but equality is everybody getting the same resources and equity is everybody getting the same opportunities, which is different. So in a relationship where there's equity, everybody's getting exactly what they need, which might be different person to person. Um, some people might need a date night every week. Some people might need, which is what we're on right now, actually, which is funny. Um, and some You're people on a date might, night. Yeah, this happens to be. It just the happens to be date modern night. Date <laughs> we went to like a, a Planned Parenthood talk the other night for date night. That was funny too. But um, some people need a date night every week. Some people only need one a month. Some people live in partnerships are great. Um, other people. Uh, want to live next door, um, whatever works. Or long distance. Sure, long and distance. Manage yeah. via email or yeah. text messages and calls. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or I know people who have one uh, one partner who would be recognized as a primary if they were doing hierarchy, and then people who they see once a year when they go to do research in this one particular part of the world, and mm -hmm. when they're there, they're together. 
you know. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. My great auntie, she, she and I used to write letters before she passed, mm -hmm. and uh, she never married. But when she passed away, she had two serious boyfriends. who She adored both of them. Sweet. And she said to me, you know, Susan, I'm going to tell you something. And she died it. I think she was in her late 90s. And uh, she said, it's very difficult to find one person to be all things for you. Mm. you know? She said, and why bother? Yeah. <laughs> and there's lots of people out there. So she was, I guess. I don't. I would. I can't even say that she's ahead of her time because the funny thing is, mm -hmm. I think people like to lump uh, sexuality, you know, gender-specific thing, you know, all these different things into this modern world that's gone mad. And and of course, that's ridiculous. These sorts of things have been around forever. Yeah, they have. So. Oh, truly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's when things started getting. Uh, into the mono love that the war started breaking out. <laughs> Could There's be more challenges, in my opinion. I think it's awesome that she had two boyfriends. That's amazing. Yeah. That's yeah. really cool. It's probably why she lived so long. <laughs> Seriously, she was a very happy woman and uh, uh, really a kick in the pants. So how old were you when you thought, you know what, the traditional sense of relationship doesn't work for me? I was a teenager. I don't remember exactly what age I was, but I remember trying to figure out this whole dating thing as a teenager and thinking like, okay, well, I'm single. It's okay for me to date multiple people because like I'm trying to find the one, right? Mm -hmm. But then I'm like, well, when I find someone, like when when do I decide like, hey, we're going to go steady. If I decide that, like, how do I say, uh, sorry, everybody else, I can't see you anymore. Even if I may have only been seeing this person for a week, a month, who knows how long. How significant is that? Like, when does it become significant enough that I need to cut everybody else off? And I think when you put wrong. it on Facebook. No, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> and it just, it felt very uh, confusing and conflicting to me. And so mm -hmm. I didn't know at that time that it was polyamory. I didn't identify at that point of time as, as a polyamorous person. That was kind of the beginning because I just, I couldn't like reconcile that concept. I'm like... Mm -hmm doesn't make sense to say bye to all of these people and shut that door permanently if you know this relationship might only last a month or a summer or however long mm -hmm. that makes sense mercury what about for you it's about the same time yeah in high school i just chose not to date because dating was uh, in the small small rural texas high school mm -hmm. with uh, 18 people in your class when you when you latched on to somebody you were latched on mm -hmm. and I had no desire to be involved with anybody permanently going forward so it just didn't and uh, it wasn't until college when I began dating dating several people at a time and people having difficulty with me doing that people within the relationship or people outside on the, of the outside oh, okay. mm -hmm. on the outside looking in had mm -hmm. difficulty with it um, then I started doing research, and I had a college library by that time, and I was able to find words like polyamory. The popular press at the time, and, and still today, when you're given advice uh, on how to date more than one person at a time, mm -hmm. the advice is non-ethical. It's... Uh, don't go to the same Not restaurant so, yeah. so the, the waiters won't out you. Uh, <laughs> oh, you came here earlier this week. Oh, with a different person. Um, so the, the, the press is all about uh, oftentimes how to, how to more um, effectively cheat. Mm. And that's not what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. and Alex, what about you? When did you decide that this was 
a more fitting lifestyle for you? I actually don't, there are many people who identify as hardwired for uh, ethical non-monogamy, and I, I feel like I could really go either way. I'm really happy in my uh, polyamorous relationship right now. Um, I was probably, I was 21, I think, when I was in my first, um, and I actually didn't know that I was in it at first. Um, I didn't have the language or the words, I just was hanging out with this um, two people who were already a couple, and we would have really fun days together, and then it would get to be nighttime, and I wouldn't want to go home, and they wouldn't want me to go home, and then what, it was a couple months in, and we just had this discussion, like, are we, are we dating? What's that? <laughs> what is this? And then, <laughs> then we started all reading a book called The Ethical Slut all together, and we would go chapter, it was this little, like, three-person <laughs> book club, and we would go all together, and it was just this, um, it was a really wondrous time, like discovering that the things that I was already feeling, like somebody had walked that path before me, many somebodies. Mm -hmm. It is interesting, the, the pushback that people have. I remember one summer, uh, probably, I don't know, what, what day is it, what day is it, I don't know, about, I don't know, eight years ago or something, and I was dating two guys mm -hmm. that summer, and they both knew about each other, everybody was copacetic, uh, they both lived in different states, and, uh, and then eventually one of them said, hey, I would like it just to be us two now. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I like you enough that I'm willing to do that. And it was fine and everybody was fine. And then years later I had a different boyfriend and he, I brought up that experience. Oh my God, <laughs> I think I would have, I murdered somebody. He was so <laughs> upset that, you know, that I would have ever done that. And I thought, I don't understand. Everybody was totally fine with it. What's the big deal, you know? And it's funny because at the time I didn't consider myself polyamorous or something. I was just dating two different guys. And this is so yeah. funny. In the story, I was thinking that he was heartbroken that you would have broken it off with one guy to date another, not that you were dating multiple <laughs> people in the first <laughs> that place. That was what he had a problem with. <laughs> yeah, he had a problem with the multiple people. Got it. It's fascinating to <clears throat> me. I think there are a lot of misconceptions about mm. the value of... Um, like love or like having emotions for another person caring for another person um, you know like like I was saying like when I was a teenager I'm like at what point do I decide you're really important to me I'm gonna sacrifice for you like at what point do you decide that so I mean I think it's understandable that um, this this person that was so devastated hearing that from you thought like that that was just this like uncalled for thing because you know if you're a lot of people think like if you're dating someone like obviously that means they're a really really important person to you right mm -hmm. and sure they're important but it, there's a natural progression that happens there like again not everyone starts out at level 10 and that's okay it doesn't mean because I decide I'm dating you that you mean the world to me like it doesn't necessarily start out that way probably for most of us um but I think there's a lot of pressure in our culture that but that's how it's supposed to be mm -hmm. you know if i mm -hmm. hold hands with you walking down the street that means that you are my person that you are my everything and that's not always the case and that's okay but i don't think that as a culture we've necessarily figured that out yet and within the 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 relationship or relationships for that matter it doesn't mean that you're necessarily sexual with everyone right either that's right yeah and i think that's a misconception too i think mm. people hear the word polyamory and they just uh, picture a Caligula party. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think that's what people assume. Yeah. But 
set the record straight, that is not true. <laughs> <laughs> with, I mean, with more consent. Like, people do enjoy their orgies. There are people out there who do. And um, I don't know that those voices are particularly well represented here. That's a bumper sticker I want. People do enjoy their orgies. And, that's, and I want them to keep being able to enjoy that. Oh, there, there are many, many polyamorous relationships at a long distance where the people never meet. Mm. So what? sex is not physically possible. Interesting. And, this, and this is this is seen over and over in literature of the past. How many how many great uh, stories and novels and poems came from lovers who were just loving, right. you know, at a distance. So emotional polyamory. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Now you're wearing a wedding ring. It Are is a you, relationship ring. It's a relationship ring. So talk about that a minute. Uh, oh, you both have one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All three of us have one. Like you guys are, you three are not together. No, no. You, are, right. you two are together. Yes, okay, right. for those listening who just went, I don't know what that means. Ava <laughs> <laughs> is not together, and uh, Mercury and Alex are together. Right. Yes. Along with another person. Uh, Nissa. Nissa, yeah. Nissa. And Nissa is someone who I, I because we, have, we struggle with language um, in, our, in our little uh, subculture, uh, I refer to Nissa as my senior partner. Uh, because she's been with me the longest. In fact, we just celebrated our 17th anniversary. Oh, uh, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Um, and so we all wear rings. Okay. And they are matching rings to indicate that we are in a relationship. And in fact, they are, they are um, um, tungsten carbide rings, which uh, many hospitals have to have special gear to cut off. <laughs> Um, the, the, the significance there is that a polyamorous relationship, I feel, is even stronger than the typical uh, marital relationship with the gold ring because we have to talk about all this other stuff. I would imagine the communication is paramount. We're absolutely Whereas required. And many, <laughs> many regular old relationships, I don't know what to call those, um, that they are traditional. How about that? That's a good word. Traditional relationships, which even then I think is sort of on the line because what does that mean even hmm. because there are many traditions that that celebrate polyamory so even saying traditional is not right and words are important well, language is important in our culture family uh religion uh, school mm-hmm. um everything points toward a monogamous relationship so if you're going outside you're breaking outside uh, those bounds you've got to do research mm-hmm. you've got to talk do you attend church? No. No. Do you? Not anymore. Did you Did you used to then? I used to. I grew up Christian. I grew up in a religious household. Um, I actually continued going to church when I was in like third grade after my mom. Or no, that's a lie. That's not third grade. It was like fourth or fifth grade. My parents divorced, so we stopped going to church. I'm like, Mom, why aren't we going to church anymore? And I literally like rode my bike to church every Sunday because I'm like, well, you're doing it for a reason. I want to understand why. <laughs> did you understand why? No. Okay. I'm not opposed to it. I really enjoy the community of church, but I, I don't make the time for it today. Hmm. And now, are you in a relationship right now? I am. And how many people are, are in that relationship? So currently, I have a partner, uh, my boyfriend, and his wife, um, who is pregnant and doing like 12 yes. days. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's super exciting and also really scary. Um, and I just moved in with them like a month and a half ago. Um, and so we're all in like brand new territory, which is really exciting and also scary. Um, so I am in a relationship with my boyfriend and I'm really, really good friends with, with my metamor, with his wife. Um, and so I would consider her almost an emotional partner, but truly at the end of the day, like we're just really good friends. Hmm. Um, and so the, uh, structure that you would refer to that is, uh, V, 
whereas what you would refer to uh, Mercury and Alex and Nyssa is is a triad. Yeah. Because they're connected because everyone's everyone's dating each other. But I'm not dating my metamorph. Got it. Yeah. Metamorph being a term meaning my partner's partner. Okay. Meta, obviously, and then I assume it's somewhere in from paramour, and then you just shove those together. <laughs> we cobbled sure. together language as it served us, because yeah. <laughs> the language that existed didn't. So. Now, uh, may I ask a personal question? Not that this isn't all personal questions, but so you're sexually active with Nyssa. That is something that is on the table, um, but it's not something that we've explored. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So it's, it, again, it's, I think people have this understanding that is wildly incorrect. They mm. just assume that it just means this, and therefore, how did you foster a relationship, uh, Ava, with your boyfriend's wife? I'm sure people's heads just exploded, by the way, when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, you know what, her and I clicked really, really quickly together. When we eventually did meet, like a few months after I started dating my partner, we met for coffee and we clicked so fast, mm. which was awesome because I haven't, I hadn't been living in Nashville for very long at the time, so it was great to have a new friend. Mm. Um, but yeah, I honestly, I think that my partner and I clicked as well as we did because his wife and I have a lot of similarities. Um, so like we would just meet every now and again for like coffee or brunch or whatever yeah. and hang out and now we're living together and deciding what to have for dinner every night and who's getting date night this week on what night of the week and it does, just kind of flowed from the beginning. Does that ever uh, create tension or anxiety when or is everyone pretty chill about it? I suppose it's every individual is individual but sure and and in my experience definitely isn't um all-encompassing right i am lucky that things have worked out so well with my metamor because that's not always the case i always say it's so much easier when you get along with your metamor um you don't have to it's not a requirement it's just so much easier um i think the most uncomfortable part would probably be when she and I start talking about having sex with the same person. Like, I'll talk about, like, oh, yeah, I love it when when he does this in bed. And she's like, oh, yeah, I know that sound that he makes, too. It's awesome. And he gets really, really uncomfortable if he's in the room. He's like, let's he not talk about this. He does. Yeah. Mm. Her and I are totally into it. But she, he, yeah. <laughs> he's like, can we talk about something besides me in the bedroom, please? <laughs> Now, it, it, to me, it's interesting that a, a child is now being brought into this family, mm -hmm. and as far as I'm concerned, if a family is filled up with love, that's really the most important thing. But how will you foster that together? There is going to be so much love for that child. Mm. <laughs> um, so she's having a girl. Um, we haven't, they haven't named her yet, um, but there's a lot that we need to figure out, and I think we all know that, and we're kind of preparing for that, but, mm. I mean, we have... We have each other, and we have um, uh, my metamorphs partners. Are they want to be around? They want to be a part of the family. They want to be supportive. We also have uh, both my partner and my metamorphs family. Their parents and their siblings. They want to be supportive. There's going to be all of this love and support for this baby. And yes, there are lots of details that we need to figure out. Um, for example, neither my partner or his wife are out to their families. So how do we keep that under wraps until the time is right? Mm. Um, while still letting everyone be involved. Their parents think that I'm just a roommate. So that's like one of the first things that we have to tackle. Like how do we keep that under wraps until they decide that they want to come out? Um, a lot of details that we have to figure out. But sure. At the end of the day, like there is this 
like expansive resources. Like I can, I can still manage date night every week with my partner and they can still manage date night as well because you have like a million babysitters in this family. So. <laughs> That's a really good point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and a fun fact, uh, the a child involved in a polyamorous relationship is sometimes called a polywog. That's true. <laughs> That's adorable. I just, I had a very complicated relationship with my mother growing up and I think, gosh, if I'd had two really kick-ass moms with my dad who's kick-ass, you know, that would have been so awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, but whatever. So, and people have done this before. I mean, all the things that your your poly family is going to be figuring out have been like pieces of that path have been laid out before by other people, like folks who are in blended families um, through divorce and remarriage. They figured out how to have two moms and a dad. You know, what's mm -hmm. that look like? And um, and one partner not being out to family. Like people in queer relationships have done that for ages and ages. Mm -hmm. Like this is all there. You're just cobbling together what you need of it, like mm -hmm. of the, the legacy that's been left. And you brought up a good point, Ava, because when I reached out to Alex, you're the one that responded when I reached mm -hmm. out to try and find somebody to, to speak with. And you had said, um, well, there's a couple of people I can connect you with, but they're not out. They're in the closet, you said. Yeah. So is that a, is, is there more maybe not being open to their lifestyle than there are those who are open, do you think? I would say so. Is oh, that your estimation absolutely. too? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Any, anything out of the norm is something that people are going to closet. Mm -hmm. You know, we were just looked at the stats on our on our uh, meetup group, right? It's, yeah. Uh, Four hundred and eighty-five members, and we struggle to get twenty out to a a, week, a monthly meeting. Hmm. That's interesting that they won't come to the meeting when they know they're going to be surrounded by other people that are within the same lifestyle. Yeah, but, but walking they, into a building is coming out in yeah. a way. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, they may have never mentioned to anybody ever, uh, not family, not friends, not co-workers, that, yeah. that they feel themselves as polyamorous. And now just walking to in this door, everybody knows that they are. Yeah. And I suppose in some ways, too, to admit it to themselves, because some mm -hmm. may be even closeted to themselves. Mm -hmm. It's true. And some people, depending on what kinds of... Um, identities they're carrying with them are more affected than others by that. Like, uh, I'm thinking of women of color, for example, who are um, stereotyped as hypersexual, might be less willing to come out as polyamorous, even that, if that's an authentic thing for them, right? I'm also thinking about bisexual people, right, <laughs> who might have a hard time coming out as poly because that's the assumption, right? Like, oh, well, you can't be monogamous because you're attracted to more than one gender. Um, so certain people are affected more than others, but on the whole, yes, I think less people are out than are. Yeah. What's hard to wrap my mind around is the fact that there is a vilification of polyamory lifestyle when statistically it's pretty clear that monogamous relationships cheat on each other left and right. Mm. And that brings in your ethical point, Mercury, that, that that's the big difference. Mm -hmm and sort of like take the plank out of your own eye situation. <laughs> <laughs> and just to be clear, we're not talking about polygamy. Right, that's different. Right. Polygamy is when you marry, white, uh, like for example, the Sister Wives show that everyone mm. watched. Yeah. And well, when you're talking there about is marriage to more than one person at a time. But it's generally one person married to a bunch of people they're not isn't that how it is it's usual yeah. yeah unless we're talking about like the 60s free love kind of a thing right then, and that, that brings to different. mind that sort of cult mentality which again is unfair because not i assume every uh 
relationship like that is cult-like. The sister well, wives. I never watched that show, but you know, there's the, plenty of polygamy yes. uh, represented in uh, the Old Testament. Sure. And in the Quran. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right. It. It is. Uh, these are not new ideas. No. No. <laughs> yeah. These are not new ideas. And somewhere you can trace the line where someone was pissed that somebody else had power and they decided, well, let's make that not okay. And then, <laughs> sure. I, mean, I think that's where things like that happen. But interesting fun fact is uh, we today have algebra uh, based on the Arab need to uh, pass down uh, wealth upon one's death to various uh, wives and children of those wives. Um, Islam allows you to take on more than one wife as long as you can uh, uh, successfully care for them and and the children that that produces. Uh, So in this network of wives and children, uh, more senior wives got more than less senior wives and more senior sons got more than less senior sons. So the uh, what what do you give the f- the oldest son of the more senior wife as opposed to the third son of the fourth wife, right? And that's why algebra was developed, and that's why we have it today. Unbelievable! They yeah. need to tell that to the to the ninth grade algebra courses. They probably pay more attention. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Alex, talk about what it is you do by day. Um, by day, I am a therapist, um, and I'm also I'm also an educator on on occasion. But uh, I'm a therapist for my nine to five job. Yeah, and you don't have to say where, but um, uh, please elaborate what it is you do to help people. Um, I do I do trauma work. Um, so folks come to me when they are survivors of some sort of violence, usually sexual violence, um, sometimes domestic violence, and it all interweaves. Um, but um, my job is centered on serving. Um, particular marginalized populations. And so um, the government knows that as uh, sexual minority populations. And under that, there are people who practice uh, BDSM, folks who would identify as sex workers, um, people who are ethically non-monogamous, and queer folks. Those are the four subpopulations that I serve mm-hmm. that way. Mm-hmm. And the point there being not necessarily that um, folks are at greater risk of those identities because of those identities, but it's it's sort of an element of marginalization in general. When any population is marginalized, pushed underground, um, more isolated, less connected to resources, sexual violence happens more often there. Mm-hmm. Unless they're in indigenous peoples, right? And within mm. there. But now, I guess, back in the day, in Gregarian, uh, Gregarian, Gregarian chanters, <laughs> that's not the word I wanted. That was weird. Agrarian societies, who may have chanted, you know, walk the fields and things and they had multi-partners and everybody had a job to do and everybody was happy-go-lucky. It's true. We're not talking about marginalized people then. No. We're talking about centered people, the, centered in their own the culture. The good old days. Yeah. yeah. Before white men came along. <laughs> <laughs> to ruin everything. <laughs> so how do you approach uh, the subject? Like, you meet somebody at a party and you think, that's a really cool person and mm. I have this lifestyle that I am into and how do you begin that conversation? I I veer toward the side of I don't, um, mm-hmm. and that wasn't always the case. Um, it used to be as uh, I was open to polyamory and monogamy, and I could go either way, and, and I'm kind of open to whatever. And over time, I've had enough hiccups or bumps in the road that I'm just like, you know, I am 
like my needs require someone that knows what polyamory is and this isn't their first time doing it because I don't want to have to, hmm, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I don't want to have to guide someone to learning how to ride a bike with the training wheels on. I want someone who knows how to ride the bike already. Um, and maybe that's kind of insensitive, but I've just, I've kind of learned that that's where I am and that's what I have the capacity for right now. Um, and I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. It wasn't always like that. And there were a lot of disasters because of it, because I didn't have the patience that I think you really need for someone that is, um, either brand new to it, is just learning about it or, um, you know, knows about it, but hasn't done it before. And this is, you know, this is their first round. And there's a lot of, I think there's always going to be a lot of learning that happens in that first relationship. Um, such as you had mentioned communication before and just how incredibly important it is. Not that it's not important in monogamous relationships, but I think it's equally, if not more important in polyamorous relationships because there's just so much more going on. There's more plates in the air. There's more partners involved. Um, you know, you have to manage your time and your energy a lot better. So communication is critical to success mm. um and there's a learning curve there like i was terrible at it the first time i was in a polyamorous relationship I've learned a lot since then so <laughs> what were some of your foibles what went wrong uh gosh where do i start <laughs> not communicating other partners would be an obvious one i say that now i'm like why would you ever not communicate that gosh uh but that was a thing like not communicating like how things were going in my other relationships if i have someone thinking that you know we're quickly approaching what they would call, you know, being in, having a primary partner, being in that kind of relationship. Whereas I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm good with this date night, like once every week or two. And I have this other person over here that I'm thinking about moving in with, right? Like that disconnect or that misunderstanding can be devastating to another person. Um, and so I had to learn a lot of sensitivity in being considerate of, Hey, other people might want to know that, mm. or even just having a conversation about, Hey, these are the things that I want to know. These are the expectations. Like if something else is going on with another partner, I want to hear about it. Or maybe I don't. Maybe I don't want to hear about that really awesome date night that you had last week. Don't tell me about that because I'm just going to get really insecure. Like what are those expectations? How do you how do you navigate that? That looks different in every single day, every different relationship out there. I want to hear all of the awesome details about all of the awesome date nights. Mm -hmm. I want to hear all the cool stuff. I think that's really awesome. It makes me really excited. Not everybody does, and that's okay. That varies from person to person, but figuring out, like, who needs what, what are your needs, what do I need to communicate, what don't I need to communicate. Are you open to your boyfriend uh, having another girlfriend on top of his wife and on mm -hmm. top of you? Yeah. He does have another very casual partner um, that he really just uh, hangs out with, uh, slash plays with, slash um, has sex with on occasion. It's not super serious, and neither of them, I think, really have the bandwidth, like the time or the energy to really have another really significant partner. I told him the other night, I'm like, honey, you don't, you don't have capacity for another living girlfriend. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he's fine with that. So they just meet probably like once, maybe twice a month. And, you know, in that, that works for them. They don't and need more than that. They're not seeking more than that. Equity. Yeah. yeah. And if you wanted to take on another boyfriend, are they? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're totally fine with that. I considered myself, um, single poly for a really long time and I don't know if I still identify that way or what not. Single poly is, oh, I'm terrible at explaining these things. Um, I'm open to dating lots of people and I'm not tied down to any one person. So like in a, from a monogamous lens, I'm just a single person that dates multiple people. Like in, in the monogamous world for a lot of people, that's okay. Not everyone, but for a lot of people. Um, so that looks very, very similar. Um, and so it's kind of always in my mentality 
And now I'm very much a part of this this couple that I've moved in with and that I love and care for very much. But there's also this part of me that says, you know, if if I want to, you know, go date this new person this weekend, that's okay too. And mm -hmm. for me, that's that's a need. I need whoever I'm with to be okay with that. Now, do you have your own space within the house, or do you all share a bed? Or so I have. It's a four bedroom house, four bedroom, two bath, um, and there are two bedrooms and one bathroom downstairs, and I get all of it. Um, which is really cool because I was going to ask you. That's so funny. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So, so my concern was that uh, moving in is that I would have a bedroom, and if I didn't feel like socializing, that I had to confine myself to the bedroom, right? Um, and I'm an introvert. I only have so much like people energy, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so I got two bedrooms. I got a second room to turn into a den for a living space for if I wanted to, you know, veg out and watch TV and not be confined to my bedroom, but also maybe I don't want to hang out with people. Um, so that was really, really cool that it worked out that way. I was that's jazzed when, when I brought up that concern, and they were like, here's our solution. I'm like, yes, that's awesome. Mm. Um, most of the time, though, I find I'm just hanging out in the normal living room with them, though. I sure. haven't really used my den very much. Yeah. All right, so same question with you all. Uh, back to the how do you broach the subject of this is who I am and mm. when you're meeting a new partner. I think e the easiest flirting for... Um, the easiest way to flirt for people who are ethically non-monogamous ends up being either online or in events where they, in spaces where they already know a lot of ethically non-monogamous people hang out. Um, if it's online, then you can even like link your partner's profile, whatever it, whatever it happens to be, but people can opt into you. Um, mm -hmm. And if you're in a space where pe poly people already are hanging out, um, like on Church Street here in Nashville or what have you, um, then folks are... You're, you know that you're navigating a space where people are going to have some level of understanding already. Um, I just plain don't have the emotional energy to flirt with anybody anywhere else. How did you two meet? We volunteer together, which I've found out is how I meet most of my partners. <laughs> um, we're either on the picket line next to each other or we're, we're doing some sort of activism work together. But yeah, yeah. Volunteering yeah. is really important. So. Yeah. It didn't hurt that we were volunteering at the local... Uh, sex positive, kink positive, gender positive, body positive, relation positive community center. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that must be a big community center. <laughs> it's about 6,000 square feet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and for you, I mean, so you're a little bit older than she is, obviously. So when you uh, realized this was going to be your lifestyle and all that, it must have been, there wasn't probably chat rooms or anything like that. So in the beginning as it oh, were oh my she, uh, yes I am old uh, <laughs> <laughs> not that old not at the end of the beginning old <laughs> uh, but when I you, am I'm, you and I'm, the snake were talking <laughs> and I get a year older tomorrow I'm oh happy birthday I'm 57 tomorrow yeah, yeah. happy uh, birthday so back in the day yeah you, you, you take presents. your you take your your lumps <laughs> and you compound them right with uh, you would meet people and it's trial and error at what point do i announce yes yeah. I, I have another i have another love interest you should have told me the minute you winked at me <laughs> <laughs> well you want to see if it uh, is worth the emotional risk yeah right? yes um uh, sometimes you just don't get along and well i'm glad i didn't waste that opportunity uh so uh, yeah, that's tough, and I've I've gone through many many relationships, making errors that uh, Ava mentioned, uh, lack of communication, not saying things because it might hurt the other partner, mm. 
Well, that's the things you should be talking about, not uh, not calendaring, right? These were in the days before Google Calendar. Google Calendar is shareable just events and things like that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I still get caught up in the I I know I told one of you. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> the other partner. Yeah, yeah, totally oh, other that's partner. funny. But uh, yeah, I've it, I've been I've been at Poly a good thirty years. Plus, and there, I've 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 screwed up many good relationships, mm. and perhaps reaching too far, reaching too fast, uh, not planning things with the partners I had, uh, assuming too much or assuming too little. Oh, so it's basically like a monogamous relationship. Yay. Yeah, <laughs> logarithmically, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, uh, you two have been together for how long? A little over three years, no, yeah. three and a half. Mm -hmm. So, like that. and you were four. you were with yeah, your your primary or not primary? Pardon me. The, the, your uh, I call her my senior senior, senior partner. partner. Yeah. That was the word. I was like, there was a word in there, and I'm getting it wrong. Uh, seventeen. Seventeen years. So, when Alex came along, is that something that you two do together? Is it like you meet, you say, "Wow, I'm attracted to this person. I'm going to bring her home to my senior partner and see how that goes." What happens if they don't get along? Then what do you do? Well, at the time, actually, uh, I, there was another uh, woman in my life who had been with us at that point five years. Yeah, thank you. And I had Google Calendar, <laughs> and I had mentioned to her. I thought Alex was kind of cute, and she goes, "Duh." <laughs> We get to know each other's types. <laughs> that, that makes sense. Yeah. Sure, sure. And oh, and being a wing person for your partner, it can be a good time. <laughs> yeah. So I, I have learned in the, the last decade that when I see people of interest, that I bring it up with them first. Hmm. Uh, oftentimes, my partners have a better judge of, um, for lack of a better word, crazy uh, than I might in the moment. I might get carried away. I might be crushing a little too hard on somebody. Mm -hmm. And they have a point of view of clarity mm -hmm. uh, that I don't necessarily have. So I ask their opinion. Okay. Alex, do you have additional partners as well besides Mercury? Not right now. I, um, I am really excited about my professional life. And um, it's taken up a lot of my bandwidth. So their other partners are certainly on the table for later. But... Right now, I'm kind of tired. <laughs> oh, bandwidth's a good way to put bandwidth, that. Bandwidth, yeah, yes, bandwidth. There, yeah. people, poly people like to talk about res uh, love being a renewable resource, an unlimited resource, and that's true. Um, time and money are not, mm -hmm. but they're, uh, but love certainly is unlimited. Mm -hmm. Any advice for people who are maybe just dipping their toe in the water? I don't. I just want to tell them like you're not alone. You're not sick. You're fine. <laughs> you're <laughs> find a find a local um, yeah group if you can. <clears throat> Join. Talk to people who've been there. Yeah, go talk that. to real people. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, trial and error hurts. Have any of you experienced um, the witch hunt? Anyone showing up on your doorstep, you know, with the pitchfork and the fire, saying? That you're unclean! <laughs> <laughs> Not per se. I had a relationship once upon a time where my boyfriend at the time and I decided to uh, 
we decided to mutually date uh, a, a third. We had we had a, a girlfriend, and she moved in with us probably faster than she should have. Um, and my boyfriend had three kids, uh, six, seven, and eight years old at the time. Um, and the kids ended up meeting her, and they thought that she was great. But when my boyfriend's parents found out, uh, they were upset because they thought that it was all about sex and why drag the kids into that and it was so mm. unhealthy. Um, not really taking the under time to understand like what what the basis of that relationship was. Like it wasn't about sex. I mean, unless the times that it actually was, which was great. But for the like, most part, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but for the most part, like it wasn't about sex. It was about like love and having these emotions for another person and caring about them and how they were actually like a really good fit and a really good candidate for our family. And they, she was so great with the kids and and my boyfriend's mother at the time just wanted nothing to do with it. Didn't want to hear anything about it at all. Wanted her gone. Didn't want to hear another two words about it. I um, mean, there was no breaking that. She thought so much less of all of us for even considering that because she already had this definition in her head of, of what it was and that it was just based around sex. And that sex is bad. Yeah. That's, all, that's also wrapped in there. She's not doing it right. <laughs> yeah. um, and for you two, have you experienced any vilification in other than press or you know books or no, the offhanded really. sideways comment? My, my family has a really hard time with um, oh. some parts of my life. And so there's no there's no witch hunt there, but there is a lot of pain, mm. and that can be tough to navigate. What do you think it is they understand the least and understand the most about it? Um, gosh, what do they understand the least and the most? Um, hmm. They, one of my parents said to me once, I just wish that you could be in like the original couple, and then like later on in life, if you want to bring somebody new in, then you'll be safe. <laughs> like, and you can have fun with them, like as if I am a disposable person because I am not of an original dyad. Um, Interesting. And I've in my in my life in my poly life so far, I've been part of an original dyad who's gone out and dated. I've come into, you know, people's lives who are already partnered. I've, yeah, had experiences from lots of sides. But and a, and a dyad is a two person two person relationship within the polycule. Uh, polycule that, poly yeah. that may, may <laughs> exist in the larger sense. Yeah. But that not necessarily, they don't necessarily have an, another person uh, in the dyad. That Yeah, I use dyad just to get away from the word couple because couple seems like it's a closed kind of a concept. Ah, Whereas see. dyad is just like, this is one pair of maybe a bigger system, maybe a sure. smaller system. Okay. Uh, There's something you said that maybe, oh, I know. What if you want to, within the the constructs of what you know, you know your relationships you want to I think about you know gay and lesbian couples who are denied access let's mm -hmm. say to visiting their loved ones in the hospital people partners they've had for decades you know or whatever how does that figure in with you there's clearly needs to change the idea of what that separation of church and state was said once. Yes. I don't know that anyone's really paying close attention to that. But <laughs> that well, a, a lot of that has changed. Hospitals are not so hospitals are not so rules bound anymore mm. because that concept of your very simplistic American nuclear family air quotes uh, doesn't exist as much as it used to. Um, schools are the same way. Mm -hmm. um, if it used to be that only your mom or dad could pick you up from school, now it's whoever signs the forms. 
because there are lots of caregivers and caretakers that pick up children mm -hmm. and uh, many many children are, are in a multi-parent based on divorce sure structured families where it's not necessarily clear you know who is the a who is their biological father and their caretaking yeah. father and or grandma's the matriarch and mom's not really around right. or like mm, so yeah so society in general american society in general has had to compensate for those sorts of things and just so happens uh poly families work in there too mm -hmm. do you yeah. have children yes i have two from a uh, prior relationship and how are they with everything? Oh, they don't know. Oh, they don't know? <laughs> no, they don't. Okay, how do you think they would react? They'd be fine with it. Yeah, I've, I've raised two very smart and liberal children. How old are they? Uh, they are now 21 and 25. Oh, so they're adults. So I'm curious. Yeah. So they're, they're adults and they are, as you say, liberal and open. And not that conservative people can't be in polyamory. Sure. They, of course they can. Please you know. go. Yeah. yeah. But um, <laughs> why is it just you like to keep your private life private and that's that? Or? Uh, as Alex can tell you, privacy is a big part of my life and always has been. Mm -hmm. And I've raised my children to 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 be the same. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So just what works for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they have they have met my partners, but uh, they never ask. So what's the relationship? Yeah, they between don't the two? ask. It's so strange. <laughs> <laughs> my, either my family is more intrusive, or we're more. I don't know. I I came out to my family because I'm going for what I'm what I'm perceiving as an integrated life. I am out in my workplace. Um, I am. Yeah, I'm out in in many places and in my family and with my friends and that it takes a lot of emotional labor but feels right so it's something I'm willing to keep working for. Mm -hmm. I suppose when you get to the other side of it though it'll it'll feel less. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> That's we'll the goal. <laughs> Jealousy. Mm. How does one fight the green-eyed monster <laughs> when so many people are involved? I would say you don't fight it, you examine it. Mm. Yeah. In my experience... Oh, the healthy way? Invited I in. know, yeah. right? That makes too much sense. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, in, in, so in my experience, and I won't say that this applies to everybody, but in my experience, 100% of the time, when I experience jealousy, it, the root cause comes back to some kind of insecurity that was triggered in me. Um, so, you know, if my partner is going out on lots of dates with other people and I feel a little bit excluded. Not that that ever happens, it's just an example. But if he did, like, I would probably start to feel kind of insignificant and worry about, am I still important? Are there still feelings there? Am I still valuable? Um, you know, anytime a, an insecure feeling like that crops up, I end up getting kind of jealous and I kind of turn into a bit of a grouch, maybe. Um, and we just sit down and we talk it out, but I think at first it takes a lot of self-examination for where is that feeling coming from. Um, I think I've heard you say this like a million times, Alex, that like, it, jealousy isn't a bad thing. It's not, um, it's not something that should be non-existent. It's, it's healthy and it's okay. And I think it's a really great tool to help you examine, you know, what are the things within you that don't feel that strong so you can work on building them up. Mm. Or in your yeah. relationship, maybe it points to a need there. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, I found out, isn't it, isn't it cool that I found out through jealousy that I really value bowling? And I didn't know. <laughs> can we go bowling too? That sounds great. <laughs> bowling being the most benign of what we could come up with. Well, that, and that's the example I give. I, I often, I often uh, uh, speak to college classes, uh, sociology classes, uh, psych classes, and whatnot on, on topics of polyamory. And that one always comes up. Mm -hmm. And I explain that we do. We have to talk about it and understand where this is coming from. And it's not always, it's not always love-based. 
oftentimes it's time and attention. Yeah. Um, it's like it's like in your your non or a monogamous relationship where the the a married couple where the husband decides to join a bowling league and they go he goes bowling every Thursday. And after a while the the wife becomes jealous of the bowling not because she's afraid that he's going to leave her and run away with the bowling team. It's because she misses having Thursday night. Maybe that Thursday night was when when they uh, ordered in pizza and watched a movie, and now they don't do that anymore. And what needs to be done is, of course, you know, verbalize that, and maybe go, oh, you're right, I'm sorry. Can we schedule that for Tuesday now? Can we move that time? Or would you like to go bowling with me? <laughs> there are lots of lots of ways you can work around that once you understand what the issue was to start with. But but that sort of communication is a learned skill. Mm -hmm. It doesn't come naturally to most of us. And they don't teach that to you in <clears throat> high school. No. no. <laughs> oh my gosh, the things they don't teach us. Because in there's school. the assumption there's the assumption that yeah, that you will. You mm -hmm. can and you will for that one partner. Mm -hmm. Well, I think one of the things I have learned here today, uh, which of course is paramount, is communication. Trust and communication at the top of the food chain in any relationship. And for the choices you all have made, it's even that much more. I think that in monogamy, people get away with murder, you know, sometimes <laughs> literally, because, uh, because they don't think about the fact that there are all these other elements within just two people. In a way, it's a. I think of it as maybe even more challenging in a way, monogamy, because you're not, like, the path is, is laid out in front of you, and if you're not careful, then you'll just walk along it blindly and without intention. And the intention is, like, that's the good stuff in a relationship. You know, that's the stuff that moves people forward in, in becoming more of who they are. Yes. And in poly, you have to do it. So you got to have all that intention because you got to have all that communication, all that talking. And so it's built in for us. But um, for monogamous folks, like there's probably some extra work there that you're not required to do by anybody. Um, you can just take the path of least resistance or you can live with intention. Sure. Mm -hmm. And ironically, the breakdown within a monogamous relationship where my, one might lead to cheating is usually very little to do with sex and mm -hmm. everything to do with the feeling of being heard or appreciated or respected yes. or considered or any of those things, um, which, of course, in essence, seem like no-brainers. But I do think people uh, get lazy and they sort of go with the status quo and sure. you know, maybe don't even think about it in general. Yeah. Um, you all are wonderful. Thank you, Ava, <laughs> you. Mercury, Alex. Thanks. Thank you so much for taking time to, to come and speak with me. Happy birthday, Mercury. <laughs> Thank you. That's wonderful. Um, I'm sure you have figured out presents. We do. We have some, we have plans. That's going to be fun. That's <laughs> do you end, end up going out as um, the as the three and three a lot more than the singular dating or not more than the singular dating? But oh, okay. we have a. Uh, I pre-built in every Thursday night is movie night. So we have a date night in at least once a week. With all of you. Mm -hmm, yeah. With all three of us. And then occasionally we go out and do stuff, the three of us together, especially if there's like something significant. Like I think around Christmas we went to some like uh, pop-up fair thing or whatever. Like <laughs> we find stuff to do together, all three of us occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah weekends mm -hmm. are our triad time. Yeah, we, we go out to eat a lot. And we, I think 
we always go to see a movie, the three of us together. Oh my gosh, we haven't been in so long. <laughs> Do you three live together? No. No, okay, so, yeah. I wish I, my aunt was still alive. I could ask her. Maybe she was polyamory. Nobody yeah. really ever said it out loud. Mm -hmm. It's quite possible, wow. considering. Mm. So, considering everybody knew about each other. Mm -hmm. Well, how does my mom? She'd know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for being on Hey Human. How might people find a resource or two? I will definitely put links on the Hey Human podcast website. But um, is there any any particular resource that you can recommend for anyone listening that might, just off the cuff, one place that they might say, oh, this feels like a comfort zone? Besides finding like your local like non uh, ethically non monogamous community, um, I I'm a big bookworm. I would say hit the books. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Alex referenced um, the ethical ethical slut earlier, and that I would stand behind all day long. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm blanking on the name of the other one that I would recommend right now. Polyamorous Next Door. Yes, the Polyamorous Next Door. Sure, more than two is great. Franklin Vo's book. Yeah. So those are some books. There's also um, Black and Polly is a really nice uh, podcasting collection. They have a whole library of things. It's nice. If okay. you're local, then it would be um, off of Meetup.com. Many loves. Um, so in Nashville, that's our uh, polyamory and polycurious. Yeah, many loves. Right. Many loves. And then the community center that we referenced is the Mark, which you can find at um, themarkbycpi.org. Okay, and I'll put all those uh, those links on heyhumanpodcast.com for everyone listening. Cool, if you're interested and curious, thank you all for being here. Happy Valentine's Day. Thank, thank you. Happy you. Valentine's Day. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.